The Tapper Teacher Training is an annual retreat for homeschooling parents, a live in-person gathering that brings together heart-centered homeschoolers from all over the world for hands-on learning, community, connection, and fun. And I'd love to see you at Taproot 2024. We'll gather August 1st through 4th at a camp in Northeastern Ohio for a long weekend of engaging workshops, hiking and yoga, and personal reflection. Taproot gives everyone a chance to experience and practice singing, painting, and building main lessons in order to foster a deeper understanding of the hands-on, Waldorf-inspired approach. A team of experienced homeschoolers offer guidance rooted in each of their family's life to help bring you more joy to yours. This is our 18th year of offering this amazing experience. You can learn more at artofhomeschooling.com slash taproot2024. You're listening to the Art of Homeschooling podcast, where we help parents cultivate creativity and connection at home. I'm your host, Jean Miller, and here on this podcast, you'll find stories and inspiration to bring you the confidence you need to make homeschooling work for your family. Let's begin. Welcome to episode 78 here on the Art of Homeschooling podcast. Today, we're talking all about conflict in families and how to resolve conflict in your family quickly. Now, I know conflict is not an easy subject. It's not a popular subject. Arguing, bickering, any kind of conflict in a family can really wear us down. And sometimes we wish it would just go away. We'd rather not deal with it. We'd rather ignore it. Other times, I think we fall into the trap of believing that if we're the perfect parents or if we do this wonderful homeschooling method or we have the perfect daily rhythm, that conflict will never happen. Have you fallen into that trap? Not true, my friend, I'm sorry to say. I remember myself reading lots of books on this subject when my boys were little. I have three children, boy, boy, girl, and the oldest two are just 16 months apart. I remember reading Raising a Family, Siblings Without Rivalry, and the wonderful book Raising Peaceful Children in a Violent World. But the thing that really helped the most was to develop a few practical ways of responding to conflict in the moment, ways that we could come back to again and again in our family. So today I'm sharing those with you. Here are eight strategies to use to help you resolve conflict in your family quickly so that it doesn't keep wearing you down. Now, before we dive in, I want to mention that I help homeschoolers with family conflict along with homeschooling strategy on the daily. So if you find that you need more help sorting all of this out in your family, hop on over to artofhomeschooling.com slash mentor with Jean for all the details on how I might help you. 
And now for eight strategies you can use to help resolve conflict in your family. Number one, acceptance, right? Accept that family conflict will happen. It's normal. It's the repair that matters. So that's the very first step. We often have the most conflicts with those that we're closest to, right? It's just the nature of the game of life. We show up as our most vulnerable and true selves with those we love the most. That's a good thing. It's a sign of trust and feelings of safety. The reality is then that conflicts will arise because we're all different. And that's a good thing too. The world would be a very boring place if we were all the same. But when we fool ourselves into thinking that if we are the perfect parents or the best at homeschooling or we shelter our children or any of those thoughts that pop up sometimes, to then believe that our children will never argue or there will never be family conflict, we're, we're really doing ourselves a disservice. We won't always agree. Some days we'll be tired and cranky and snap back quickly. Other days our children will fight. Once we can accept that, we have a better chance of helping resolve conflict when it comes up. We remove that added layer of blame and judgment. So it all starts with acceptance. Strategy two, focus on serving something larger than yourself, on acknowledging that larger piece of your life. So often when conflict arises, we tend to go down that blaming path, figuring out whose fault it was and scolding them and thinking that that's going to fix the problem. But honestly, in almost every conflict, Each party involved is usually partially right and partially to blame. So rather than playing the blame and shame game, it's so much better to take a moment to focus on something bigger than yourself. Thinking about your family values of connection and closeness can really help you stay committed to working things out peacefully. Remembering that there is a higher power or whatever it is that you might believe, that can help. It can help us be more gentle and understanding and forgiving. Strategy number three, write down 20 things you're grateful for. I actually have this really wonderful little, it's called the five-minute journal. I highly recommend it. And every morning, I write down three things that I'm grateful for. And then before I go to bed, I think of three more things I'm grateful for. It's fascinating to me because science shows that gratitude actually can boost the neurotransmitter serotonin, which then activates our brains to produce dopamine. So dopamine is that pleasure chemical. And the more we think positive, grateful thoughts, the healthier and happier we actually feel. Science backs this up. Here's a wonderful quote from Robert Brault, the author. Enjoy the little things for one day you may look back and realize they were the big things. 
So noticing just even little things that you can fill up your heart with gratitude is is such a wonderful practice to do. Gratitude is a powerful human emotion and gratitude breeds more gratitude. Strategy number four, take a break before you respond. (laughs) There are a couple of ways you can do this. You might simply walk into another room and count to 10 and then come back. Uh, I have this wonderful little bracelet that I bought for myself a few years back as a birthday gift for me. And it's called the five, I think it's called the five breaths bracelet. And they're just five little blue stones on it. And the idea is to take five deep breaths by touching each stone one at a time. It is a wonderful practice for, I use it often whenever I'm feeling stressed or when I'm feeling upset, when I have a reaction to something or when I'm in the middle of a conflict. It's just a way to gain a little bit of space (laughs) between the, you know, what's going on and how we react to it so that we can come to the conflict with our best self. Strategy number five, have a mommy's timeout chair. You might have heard me talk about this before. And as I said, my boys are 16 months apart. So as you might imagine, there was a lot of wrestling and noise. And they would be playing beautifully one moment, building with blocks, for example, sharing, cooperating. And then the next moment, they would they would be grabbing at things and yelling. I'll be the first to admit I did not always handle these outbursts well, but one thing I did discover fairly early on was that rather than put them in timeout, I put myself in timeout. So if I would come rushing in and react in addition to them reacting to each other, it never helped the situation. So once I made sure they were safe, I would sometimes go take a few minutes in mommy's timeout chair. It was this armchair in the corner of our bedroom, and I highly, highly recommend it. Strategy number six, after everyone has calmed down, reconvene and ask the question, let's brainstorm. How can we resolve this so that everyone's needs are met? The key here is to let everyone share their side of the story and then invite brainstorming. So brainstorming is when everybody just generates ideas without us editing those ideas or commenting, right? Or disregarding those ideas. So you keep going until everyone feels like they've been heard and until you find a solution that's agreeable to all. These sessions will sometimes start with, well, he should share that Lego with me, right? Like as a solution. And the best response is often, that's one idea, what's another? And then you keep going and going. Let everyone feel heard, like I said. And this activity, it often helps to calm the storms down especially if you throw in some humor, right? Throw in some crazy outlandish ideas, like we could throw all the Legos in the trash. And then the response is, that's one idea, what's another? 
And that can help generate more ideas and ease the tension from the conflict. Strategy number seven, use a talking stick. A talking stick is just a stick, right? We had one that we actually decorated and kept in the dining room top drawer. And whenever we would have a conflict, the talking stick would come out. But honestly, it could be a stone. It could be any tangible item. And the idea is to help you all keep from interrupting each other. It's a hugely important rule for conflict resolution, no interrupting. So the stick or the rock gets passed around and the person talking gets to hold it. And that is a visual indication that it's their turn to talk and no one else is going to talk. So when somebody starts to interrupt, the speaker can simply hold up the stick, right? Or hold up the item and keep going until they've said their piece. And then they pass the stick on to the next person. It's a great way for everyone to feel heard and a really good tool to teach children and adults, probably, I might say, to break the habit of interrupting others. And we tend to do that more when there is heightened tension, when we are in the middle of a conflict. So use a talking stick. Strategy number eight, use I statements instead of you statements. So this is a really simple strategy. Oftentimes when we start a sentence with you, particularly when they're, we're in the middle of a disagreement, it the statement is going to come out as judgment or blame. You should do this. You shouldn't do that. You always yell, you, you know, whatever it is. Starting a sentence with an I statement helps to remove the blaming. Saying things like, I feel frustrated when you grab a block I was using or a Lego I was playing with. That's a great starting point for conflict resolution. And the next step would be to, might be to add a question to that statement. You know, I feel frustrated when you grab a block I was using. Would you please ask me first the next time? That's a really good way to teach the language of conflict resolution to our children. So there you have it, eight strategies to help you resolve conflict in your family quickly. I hope that you have found these ideas useful, helpful. Take what you need and leave the rest. Just remember that having a sort of list of strategies in your back pocket for when conflict does arise is really the best way to deal with conflict on a day-to-day basis. And don't forget, if you need more help sorting this out in your family, I can help you in a mentor session. So you'll find a link for more information to that in the show notes. And speaking of the show notes, you can find the show notes for this episode at artofhomeschooling.com slash episode 78. Thanks for joining me and I'll see you next time. That's all for today, my friend. But here's what I want you to remember. Rather than perfection, let's focus on connection. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll see you on the next episode of the Art of Homeschooling podcast. 